It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Here are your hosts, Brent Hollerud and Andrew Smith. The month of March is upon us, which means it's time for the stretch run of the ECHL season and really throughout the hockey world. Welcome to another episode of Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel. I am the broadcast voice of the Indy Fuel, Andrew Smith. Alongside me is Brent Hollerud, the Fuel's director of marketing slash Twitter guy and who wears a few other hats with the organization here. And we're taking a look at the Indy Fuel as they head toward the stretch run of the 2018-19 ECHL season. Right now, 18 games to go in the year and the Fuel remain in that four-team battle for playoff position in the Central Division, which is by far the ECHL's toughest division top to bottom and now as is often the case when you hit the final month of the season most of your games are going to be against divisional foes the few will have as we mentioned 18 games left 15 of those 18 are going to be against the teams in the central division that's also the case for the other teams you're battling for playoff position with Kalamazoo Fort Wayne and Wheeling and so for the fuel right now is the time you want to really hit your stride. And the good thing is for Indy, nine of the remaining games are here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, including six of the last eight they'll play this season will be right here in Indy, where they've been one of the best teams in the league on home ice. So it's going to be a fun final month and some change of the season. It's going to be a busy final few weeks of the season. But this is exactly where you want to be as you hit the stretch run is in that mix for postseason play. And Brent coach Bernie John has been doing a little bit of tinkering, making a few moves to try to shore up and uh, create a really good, complete hockey team for this stretch run. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk more about those specific moves later on in the show. But like you said... Right when you're going into the or passing the three quarter mark, going into the last stretch of the season, you never really want to find yourself in that that sixth position. But you can truly say, and and Coach John has mentioned this, that the team truly does still kind of control its own destiny here, where they're only they're only six points back of Kalamazoo for third place in the Central, and only four points back of Fort Wayne for that fourth and final playoff spot in the Central. So, um, and. You mentioned that 15, or 15 of the last 18 games are against divisional opponents. Nine of, or a combined nine of those games are against those three teams that they're battling for those final two spots. Three each against Wheeling, Kalamazoo, and Fort Wayne. So there's going to be a lot of uh, playoff atmosphere in this last six weeks of the season. You're looking at those games against the Nailers, against the Wings, against the Comets. Those are essentially as close to must-win games as you can get before you're even getting to the playoff. Um, situation but if the fuel can pull things together and take care of business here down the stretch they can ideally put themselves in a good position and and like you mentioned they're playing at home a lot over the last two weeks I think six of the last eight games take place at Indiana Farmers Coliseum so if you can just survive this um, gauntlet of a two-week stretch here where they're playing two games against Cincinnati two games against Toledo and two games against Kalamazoo, who seems they're on another level right now. If you can survive the, this two-week stretch with a good record, you want to go four and two, five and one. You're going to put yourself in a good, good uh, position here to close out the year. And the Fuel have played well against Cincinnati. 
They've knocked off Cincinnati three times. Matter of fact, only nine regulation losses for the Cyclones this year. Three of those are to the fuel. And then they've also played pretty well against uh, Toledo, knocking off the walleye a couple of times early in the season. It's going to be a much different Toledo team than what we have seen. T.J. Hensick, the NHL veteran, that really was a catalyst for them early in the year. He is now in the American Hockey League. He signed an AHL deal for the remainder of the year. So he uh, likely will uh, not be back in Toledo, but they're still a pretty dangerous team. And since he and Toledo sitting in first and second place in the division this Friday night, March 1st, the Fuel at Cincinnati at U.S. Bank Arena, then home Saturday to face Kalamazoo at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum for shaving prices at night. And then Sunday, the Fuel will travel to Toledo. And then next weekend, the 8th, 9th, and 10th, we flip the script. Cincinnati comes here on Friday. The Fuel will go up to Kalamazoo on Saturday and then come back home to face Toledo on Sunday afternoon for a family fun day, the first of three that will be coming up in the closing weeks of the season. So it's going to be a really critical stretch, back-to-back three-and-threes against divisional foes. And as we mentioned, the schedule is the same each weekend. The venues just change. Two on the road, one at home this weekend, and then next weekend, the second full weekend in March, it'll be two games here at home and then they'll travel to Kalamazoo for the sandwich game, and we'll not mention hot dogs there, but uh, the sandwich game of the three-game stretch. And so these are two really critical weekends for the Fuel as they've maintained what we say, maintained contact with the teams in really stayed in that race with Kalamazoo, Fort Wayne, and Wheeling for those two playoff spots in the Central Division. And they've done so despite spending much of February on the road and also playing a lighter schedule in February where other teams are playing more games than they are and kind of making up some of those games in hand that they had on the Fuel. Now uh, the Fuel kind of poised for that stretch run. And a year ago when Indy made that run for a playoff spot, this is the time of year they really hit their stride and all the pieces came together for that team, they got really good goaltending and uh, had some really good play. Robin Press, who, of course, is now back in Europe, got really hot on the back end. And even though he was a good defenseman, he was the quarterback of the offense as well and uh, ripped off a 12-game point streak in that stretch. And that's something that I think we're looking for a little bit more of uh, from this team as uh, Coach Bernie John has made some moves to try to bring in some guys that bring the grit uh, like Woody Hudson does up front or can be a power play quarterback and can really not just be a quarterback in the power play, but even five on five. And you bring in an elite level defenseman of this league on an American Hockey League contract and getting Travis Brown, who the few will traded for this week. And we'll uh, look at some other moves that have been made as coach Bernie John has made three moves and then uh, the Chicago Blackhawks also uh, made a move as well uh, that could have a significant impact on this hockey team and so the team looks very well poised for the stretch run and again three solid lines that bring a mix of scoring and grit and in a lot of cases both at the same time and the one thing this team has had 
over the past few weeks, especially since the middle of December. They've had injuries. They've had call-ups. All-star defenseman Neil Manning had an opportunity in Europe, and he took that. And so you've uh, basically played the last month and a half, last two months, without at least one, maybe two, and sometimes three of the top six defensemen you had early in the year. And so the Fuel are kind of patching some holes, playing five defensemen a lot, uh, playing a couple of SPHL call-ups in a lot of games. And so Bernie John kind of taking the opportunity to trade from the surplus of forwards the Fuel have as they've got 10, 11, 12, 13 forwards. You can, you can only dress 10 on a given night and instead bolstering that defensive unit that has had really a solid top three, top four all season and now really give you that good core of six guys plus a little bit of depth to be able to hit the stretch run. Yeah, and you're looking at your your point roster and you never are in the situation where you're thinking you're going to move two of your top five scores like the Fuel have and, and first moving Kevin Dufour to Manchester for a package deal with Zeb Knutson and Eric Scherhammer. And then um, last week, or earlier this week, with uh, Quentin Shore going to Wichita in return for Travis Brown. But like you said, that the Fuel found themselves in a unique position with so many different players who've been putting the puck in the net and so many different offensive contributors that the, the end of the day in the ECHL, you only have, on any given night, 10 open spots in your lineup for forwards. And you're not going to have 10 different um, point producers that you can slot in there when you need you need more than just goal scorers to put a put a successful team on the ice. You need you need your offense, but you also need players who can play more of a physical role and kind of grind it out while still contributing forwards. And then thinking of that, you think of there's no player that fits that mold better than Woody Hudson, who you mo- you're able to move a a defenseman to pick that up and shore up and make your forward contingent a little more well-rounded and then on the back end you have those extra forwards and um and you even saw it with the surplus of forwards before he was moved Kevin Dufour was kind of a, a bubble guy in the lineup which is is a little um unusual to, to see when you got a player who scored or nearly led the team in goal scoring but um that's just the position the fuel were in you had plenty of players who who were putting the puck in the net with you got Logan Nelson hitting his stride here in the second half of the season. Josh Shallow is still doing his thing. You got the Ruperts um, can catch fire on any given night. And then, uh, so you have, you really haven't been struggling to put the puck in the net as the, um, taking a look at the, the four game set with Wichita over the last two weeks, the team scored 19 goals in four games. So goals, the offense is not really an issue right now. Where the team wants to improve and refine as you're going to the the final stretch of the season is in your back end. So you're able to, and uh, Coach John saw the opportunity to move a couple of those forwards, and in return you're getting a a solid top four guy in Surehammer who you'll be able to rely on in, in many different situations. And then this last week, it, or in moving Quentin Shore, you're able to pick up a top-level D-men at this league in Travis Brown, who um, it's definitely always kind of a roll of the dice when you're you're dealing for a player on an AHL contract, but um, you're able to look at, I think that's where the NHL trade deadline kind of helps you out, because you're looking up at St. Louis, who's um, San Antonio's affiliate, affiliate who's linked with um, Wichita, where I think you saw 
Um, St. Louis had a, a surplus defenseman, which sends an extra D to San Antonio, which might, um, you would think, would kind of free up some space for them to send Brown down to Indy. So um, that's, you know, it's always tough when you're trading someone for a player where you don't know exactly how long you're going to see him around Indy. And, and we've seen that over the past few years with all your AHL contracted guys, you, you can never really be too certain on how much you're going to see him around town, but you see an opportunity to make the team better. And going back to Robin press, when, when this team was going on its run last year, you could say the catalyst to that second half run was Robin press and his 12 game goals or point scoring streak. And, um, everything he was doing for the team through February and March to kind of get them, uh, get the ball rolling and get some momentum. If you're looking at this fuel roster now, there really hasn't been that standout um, offensive defenseman in the lineup, and Travis Brown could be that guy. So you're you're in making that move. It's it's always tough to to cut goal scoring from your lineup, but you're you find an opportunity to kind of fill a hole and to strengthen what might have been a weaker point in your team. And I think that's what Coach John has been doing. Well, the defenseman is an important role for a couple of reasons, and it's a reason why there's such a long learning curve. It takes a long time for guys on the back end to develop, and so you get a veteran defenseman. He's not a veteran by ECHL rule standards, but he's played a couple years in the league that has played at the American Hockey League level. He's succeeded here at the ECHL level as well and really has been an elite defenseman at this level Number one, puck retrieval. Getting the puck, making the first pass out of the zone. If the other team doesn't have the puck in your zone, they can't score. And so being able to get the puck off the shoot-in, get it off the wall, get it up to the forwards, get it out of the zone, uh, number one is key. But uh, number two, having that offensive skill, really your defensemen or your quarterbacks of the offense, they're, they're at the blue line, they're distributing the puck, they're continuing the cycle. Sometimes they're joining the cycle. But in a lot of ways, they're the point guards in basketball. They're the setters in volleyball. They're the quarterback in football. They may not be putting up the points. They're not always the guys finishing and scoring the goals. And they don't put up the big point totals like the forwards do. But they're so critical in running the offense, running the attacking zone, running the play in that part of the ice that you need a guy who can do that and really be a catalyst for your offense. And that's where your 20 and 30 goal scorers come from. And we see Josh Shallow's got 22 goals. He's three away from the team record of 25 that Garrett Bembridge set all the way back in year one uh, for this team. You've got the Ruperts that are close to the 20 goal mark again. And as you mentioned, Logan Nelson has... Uh, really rounded into form. He was battling a injury. He was injured uh, at the end of last season, and it took him a while to get back to 100%. Now he is, and he's doing some uh, really big things offensively for this team. And so because of that, that uh, you've got depth up front. Olivier LaBelle is back, and obviously we know what he can do in putting the puck in the net. You've still got two three scoring lines and each one can deploy somebody who's capable of putting 20 goals in the net 
and then some depth guys. You got Radovan Bondra who can dish the puck. You've got uh, Woody Hudson who can provide a little bit of thump in the lineup and uh, and some speed, especially and some physicality on the forecheck that helps keep pucks free to allow guys like the Ruperts or allow guys like a Josh Shala to do their thing. And uh, so this is really a balanced hockey team as uh, we hit the the home stretch. And you mentioned you know, Eric Schurhammer was a plus player last season in Manchester. And uh, he kind of like Kevin Dufour, Manchester had a surplus of defensemen and was struggling to uh, crack the lineup. On the uh, same side, Kevin Dufour, because the fuel were so deep up front, and he was uh, struggling to crack the lineup. So uh, for both of them, that's one of those hockey trades that could make both teams better. And I really like what the fuel have done, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Travis Brown in an indie sweater this this season. He's somebody that the uh, Blackhawks organization is familiar with. He uh, was picked by the Hawks in the fifth round in 2012 and um, and has played in the uh, San Jose organization as well as the uh, the Maple Leafs organization and the Blues organization as well. So he's been with the Wichita most of the season and has double-digit goals, which is always good when you're looking at the back end. He's going to be a, a real catalyst we expect for this team and you add to that now your forward group going forward. And now you've got a team with six really good defensemen that can slot into the proper slots in that defense core. That'll settle things down for your two goaltenders who are very good. And now you've got a balanced hockey team. That's what this team needs going forward for the last six weeks of the regular season. When you're And you're just looking at who's um, in the lineup now, who you're expecting to get in the lineup. Then you take a look at what you might be seeing coming down the pipeline from Rockford, and you've got even more depth coming where um, I think you mentioned taking a look at, at Rockford's lineup uh, post-NHL trade deadline. They're working with 17 forwards on their roster, which um, it you can only play in the AHL. You can only play uh, – you got 12 forwards a night, so that's still a lot of guys sitting around. So you're looking at potentially – you got a Brett Walechka who's um, spent time – in Indy, you might be seeing him come back. You got, um, you got the Spencer Watson that they just picked up in the the deadline trade for Matheson Iacopelli, who was a point a game player in Manchester to start the season. So that's he sh- already showed that he can put up points at an elite level in the ECHL. And then you got you still got players that you saw Nathan Knoll last year. You you never know if he might come back down. So you have. And then on the back end with Corey Crawford coming back, that sending Colin Delia to Rockford. So then you got potentially Kevin Lonkin in, in the picture as well. So you have your back end all shored up with you have Tom, Tompkins and Gordy um, Dave Field who, who give you a solid goaltender on any given night. And then you got potentially Lonkin in coming back in the picture with uh, Crawford becoming healthy again. So um, it's definitely a unique challenge for for the coaching staff here in Indy where on any given day your affiliate could send down th- two or three players and you have to find a way to make space for it. Um, but it's never a bad problem when you have capable players coming down the pipeline and that's kind of what you're looking for from your affiliation. And you mentioned all those guys are in Rockford as we speak. 
but Spencer Watson came in a trade deadline deal the Blackhawks made with the Los Angeles Kings, who are the Manchester Monarchs' parent club. Matt Acapelli in exchange for Spencer Watson. And Watson, 22 goals, 25 assists in 47 games. He skated with the Ice Hogs earlier this week. And he has, however, been in the ECHL. He's on a two-way contract, obviously, uh, uh, contracted to the Kings. And so he's uh, he could be in the picture in the future. Brett Walichka as well uh, has been uh, really good for the fuel. And you can kind of see he has another gear and kind of has that AHL talent, that AHL skill that uh, we see. And he has 23 points in 27 games for the fuel this season. And he's played a lot for Rockford, but has played a little bit of a different role, a non-scoring role for the Ice Hogs. And so he could be, uh, going forward, a, a possible... Uh, piece in this lineup and we don't know quite what the ice hogs are going to do and obviously their plans are they're also in a playoff race Uh, rockford is right there in the mix in the uh, central division in the ahl right now and they're sitting right in that fourth fifth place uh, battle for a playoff spot and so they're looking to bolster their team for the playoff run but the Blackhawks and the Ice Hogs also want their guys getting ice time and getting opportunities. So we uh, we might see a player or two come back from Rockford as the uh, as the month goes on. As player of movement often happens in the ECHL, especially this time of year. The NHL trading deadline that came on Monday was the first of three because the American Hockey League trade deadline is coming up as well, and the ECHL trade deadline follows that. And so we have multiple opportunities now to um, you know, to see some changes made, but usually the first batch happens, and the biggest batch happens at the National Hockey League trade deadline. Each team now knows how much, uh, you know, kind of what the NHL team's plans are. Now American Hockey League teams can make some moves to bolster themselves. Their trade deadline comes up next week, and then the ECHL's comes a few days after that. And so you might see some more moves as teams look to bolster themselves. Bernie John's been out ahead of that. And as we mentioned, the uh, the Surehammer and Zeb Knutson for uh, Dufour deal, the Powers for Hudson deal, um, and... Uh, the organization getting Spencer Watson as well. Those three, those are three moves this team has made to try to bolster the team and really create a very well-rounded hockey team. One of those guys is Woody Hudson, and uh, Woody's a guy who has endeared himself to the fans in Indy in three different stints now. He played his junior hockey here uh, for a season and a half and was captain of the Indiana Ice in the 2012-13 season and uh, then that team was a little bit out of the playoff picture. So uh, as often happens in the junior ranks, your timeline for players is one or two years. So uh, essentially a wholesale set of moves happened to bolster the team for the next year. And uh, that ended up being a, a championship team that head coach Bernie John was a part of. And so, uh, but Woody was a very popular player here as a junior came back after finishing his collegiate career at St. Lawrence University, made his 
ECHL's professional debut here a couple of seasons ago and really showed well in that uh, brief stint. Went to the Worcester Railers, an expansion franchise. The following year was an ECHL All-Star last year and then had the opportunity to come back. And so we're uh, kind of excited to see Woody Hudson back as he's a familiar face here. He's a, a fan favorite very quickly became a fan favorite, and he's somebody that uh, fuel fans are excited to see in the uh, the black and the red and uh, the gold white of the Indy Fuel because uh, because of the type of player he is, he's an energy guy. He always plays hard, always plays the game the right way, and um, and because of that, he really endears himself to the fans, but also his teammates. He's the type of guy you like to have in the room. Oh, he's he's one of the most fun players to watch out there, and it's just based off his energy level and you I've never seen or you don't often see players that are skating at at 100 miles an hour and whenever he goes in to hit somebody it's one of those where they could be going both at each other at the same pace Woody stays in one place and the other guy bounces right off him so he's um, obviously a really strong presence out there and not only does he have the physical component of his game he all he did in his first two games with the fuel was put up five assists so um, he definitely has the offensive um, part of his game as well. And, and you're seeing it when I think he's played a bulk of his time with the Rupert twins. And um, you mentioned earlier in the show, um, you having forwards who can play a skill game and a grit game at the same time. That might be the most versatile line combination that you can find where all three of your players can both put up points and be uh, kind of the center of a post-whistle scrum at the same time so um, definitely not a line where if you're on the opposing team you like seeing it um, lining up across from you but um, definitely a line that can generate a lot of different um, a lot of energy a lot of uh, get something going on the bench for for the fuel and definitely looking for all three of those guys to be uh, key contributors here down the, the stretch run. Since he has returned to Indy, we've had a chance to catch up with Woody Hudson, the newest forward for the Fuel, and he has played a lot of different roles already. Played right wing with the Ruperts, he's played on a couple of different lines, and he's a real uh, three-zone, 200-foot high-energy player, and he's happy to be back at Indy. And here is our chat with Woody Hudson. Welcome back to Indy. I know it's your your third uh, time here, having played junior here and having started your pro career uh, here with the Fuel. What is uh, what do you enjoy about playing in Indy, and what do you enjoy about being part of the city here? Uh, you know, just yeah, I just have such a long history. It's mm-hmm. just comfortability, and um, obviously, I have a lot of uh, support here, and uh, just good vibes in general. I don't know how to explain it. But, yeah, it's always nice coming back to Indy. Uh, you had uh, five assists in your first two games. Uh, how quickly did you get acclimated to uh, playing here and uh, playing with some new line mates and some new teammates? Uh, I mean, it was it was a lot easier to get acclimated, especially since um, I had already played with a bunch of these mm-hmm. guys. Uh, the first time I was in Indy and um, being able to hop in and um, help out offensively. You know, my teammates had confidence and my ability that way kind of helps too. So the last time you were here in Indy, you had just finished your college career at St. Lawrence, yeah. and now you're uh, now you're back as in your second full season as a pro. 
how much has your game changed? How much have you learned in that uh, two years since you uh, since you started as a pro? Um, I think leaving college, I was a little bit I, I lack confidence. Uh, Know, creating for other players, creating for myself, and I think the um, second year pro, it's a lot easier to do that. Uh, just, just from the number of games I've played and experience I already have, so um, it's just a little bit better that way. Yeah, I, I know you skated a little bit with the Ruperts over the weekend. Mm-hmm. What is it like playing with those two guys? Those speedy, speedy Gonzalez, Torrio. It's, it's easy. Uh, um, it, it's real nice uh, to have the puck create space, and then they're obviously in a scoring position, ready to shoot the puck whenever. So uh, it's real nice. <laughs> so, your game has always been kind of a kind of get in, play fast, play physical on the forecheck. How much uh, does that kind of open up space for other guys? Um, a lot. Of, I yeah. mean, usually um, it opens up a lot of space, as you said. Um, and you have the groups, and they can find the open areas. Once I create that space, where they'll read off of um, my forecheck, like what I do on the forecheck or with the puck. Uh, yeah, it just creates scoring opportunities. Even when you played here in junior, you kind of became a fan favorite pretty quickly. Uh, what does that mean to you to uh, have a fan base that embraces you as a player and, and enjoys seeing you play? Uh, it means a lot, especially <laughs> since I have no idea why. <laughs> it's not. I'm not doing anything. Uh, I don't think I do anything special, but obviously um, I love the support and mm-hmm. um, I love I love hearing fans scream my name, mm-hmm. um, especially in support of the team and um, whatever I can do to get people engaged in the game, and, and I'm, I love to do it. So, how much did your game grow from those days when you were playing here with the ice through playing in college and then uh, and then in the pros? And, uh, how much does the game change from each level? I think I think in college I was more or less uh, just getting pucks in deep, and I wasn't really looking at that. I was more or less trying to fill a role or just stay in the lamp. And I think um, by my second year pro year, more or less trying to create like I expect to create something on every shift or get a scoring opportunity, and much um, I get better and better at that every time I touch the ice. So. How much of an honor was it last year to be chosen as an ECHL All-Star and have an opportunity to, to represent your team? Oh, it was pretty cool. Um, I wish I did a little bit more more competitions in the hard shot, but, uh, yeah, it was really cool, um, especially my family being able to watch from home. Um, it was a really big deal for them as well, so it was awesome. What is it like to uh, be traded midseason? And uh, you've had this happen a couple of times, but uh, and then essentially – Join a new team, move to a new city, and uh, kind of integrate yourself into a new locker room. Uh, I mean, obviously, no one likes to get traded, but um, in my case, a you know, change of scenery was definitely needed. And um, luckily for me, it was a city I'm familiar with, and uh, a team I'm familiar with, and coaching staff I'm familiar with. So um, I think I probably got the, that was probably the uh, easiest transition a player could probably ask for, um, especially in the second year pro. Um, obviously, I have a lot of history in Worcester, but um, it's good to go forward here in Indy. What are you looking for the rest of the season? You're joining a team in a playoff push. Uh, you know, what, what are you looking for here these last few weeks of the regular season? I'm um, just hopefully add, add a lot of energy, um, speed, and uh, compete so that we can make this playoff push. Uh, there's a lot of good guys in the locker room, so um, everybody's working the same goal, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Thanks a lot, Woody. No problem. It's Indy Fuel forward Woody Hudson. We'll be back right after this. That was Indy Fuel forward Woody Hudson on Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel 
as we mentioned, the ECHL trade deadline coming up on March 7th, one month before the end of the regular season. So basically a week from when we are recording this, and the American Hockey League trade deadline will be in between that as it's a week after the NHL trade deadline. It'll be Monday. And so we'll see a few moves may be made here, and we don't know if Bernie John is done yet or not, but uh, or if uh, if Rockford is done, Mark Bernard has finished making some tinkering at that level, uh, or even in Chicago, they're obviously done because they have to be. But uh, the NHL trade deadline was last week, but we could still see some moves, not just here in Indy, but really throughout the league, we uh, could see some things happen as each team tries to set itself up for the stretch run and the teams that are out of playoff position they may be looking for some future assets players that they can build to their core next year some younger players with some potential or uh, players that can be used to uh, to trade for those players that can build them next year so we could see a lot happen here in the coming days it'll be a lot of fun but speaking of a lot of fun the Indy Fuel have a very busy March coming up. Essentially, 15 games in the last month of the season. There are 18 in the last five and a half weeks, and it's 15 in a 31-day span here in March and the early part of April. Starting this weekend, March 1st, the Fuel travel to Cincinnati, 7.30 face-off at U.S. Bank Arena, then back here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum for Shaving Prices Night with St. Baldrick's on Saturday, March 2nd against the Kalamazoo Wings. That'll be a huge game as the Fuel looking to gain ground on third place Kalamazoo in the standings. And then Sunday, the Fuel travel to Toledo. The following weekend, we reverse that. Home Friday night against Cincinnati. It'll be 90s night. And then we'll travel to Kalamazoo on Saturday the 9th and then back here. Family Fun Day, Sunday the 10th, a 3 o'clock face-off against the Toledo Walleye. And then the Fuel will head back to the road for four games, two in Wheeling, two in Redding. And then it's pretty much sleeping in your own beds for the rest of the season as six of the final eight games will be here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. So uh, a lot of hockey coming up. And one thing that we've not really talked about, and I am should be uh, mentioning this to the director of marketing sitting to my left, the Fuel have had their biggest attendance month in the history of this franchise. Four consecutive games of over 5,000 fans. We're expecting probably that run to continue one or two more uh, games here in uh, March, at least the consecutive games, because uh, the fans have been turning out to watch this hockey team and enjoy the promotions that have come along with that and just come out to enjoy a fun night at the rink, but it's always great to see the building full. The guys like to see uh, the building full. They play a little bit harder, a little more energy when uh, they see so many fans out to watch them play, and we're looking forward to seeing a couple more big games, uh, big crowds uh, here in the next couple of weeks, Uh, but it's really uh, special to see the uh, number of crowds the uh, Fuel have had, the number of big crowds that we've had here in the last couple of weeks, including one over 6,000 on Saturday night, the second largest crowd in Fuel history on uh, Wizard Night, 6,517 to see the Fuel knock off the Wichita Thunder last Saturday. And now it's uh, time to 
think about the stretch run, but we uh, should see some big crowds again. They tend to stay pretty big in uh, March, and they're bigger than they've ever been here on a sustained stretch for the fuel. Yeah, and it's just going back to last Saturday um, with the, the second biggest crowd in, in franchise history, like you said. It, it's just there's an unmistakable energy in the building when you have that many people there, and the fan support has been so incredible all season long, but you're seeing it just ramp up even more here um, through February and hopefully to continue into March where um, you're talking to the coaches, you're talking to the players. They That's the first thing they notice when they step out on the ice for the start of the game is they see that big crowd and it just it takes everything to a new level. And, and talking about um, talking to some of the players and, and you have teams in the league where you might be playing in front of it, they might still be drawing a good number of, of, of people but their buildings are so large where it's still almost half half the seats are empty and that just kind of sucks the energy right out of the game when you're seeing all those all the chairs where on the other side you come out on Saturday night and everyone's wearing the scarves for wizard night you got the energy you got um, everyone's cheering and that just brings a whole new dynamic to the game and like you said players are skating a little faster they're hitting a little harder they're trying to finish their checks you're seeing a little bit more of the the nastiness after the whistle the guys want to put on a show and um we've been lucky enough to have a lot of very competitive really fun games to see in this building and i think that's one of the reasons why it's been or the crowds have been as good as they have been and we got another game or big game this saturday obviously if you're looking on the hockey side it's it's not too hard to to tell the importance of that but off the ice it's for a great cause as well it's our our shaving prices game where we team up with indiana farmers insurance and the saint baldrick's foundation and uh it's actually there will be a really really cool moment before puck drop where um the actual the the oncologist for tyler trent who we all know um the the Purdue student who kind of captured the collective hearts of indiana indiana and the sports world um tyler's doctor is actually going to be at the game getting her head shaved or shaved for in honor or in Tyler's memory um, benefiting the, the St. Baldrick's Foundation, which um, raises awareness and, and funds for pediatric cancer um, awareness or pediatric cancer research. So it'll be definitely a powerful moment, and, and we're, we're honored to have, have St. Baldrick's on board again this year. And then on the other side, a week later, we got uh, Jay Peterman from Seinfeld coming to uh, – to kick things off for 90s night so so plenty going on off or in the stands um around the concourse for the next few games and as always uh get your tickets at indiefuelhockey.com or the indiana farmers coliseum box office and if last saturday was any any indication do not wait to get your tickets grab your tickets early because they've been a hot commodity at, over the last few weeks so it's definitely exciting to see and Hopefully, uh, keep the the momentum going, um, going in or down the stretch run here. It's going to be a fun stretch run for the Indy Fuel. Friday night in Cincinnati, Saturday night here at home against the Kalamazoo Wings. That'll be a huge game. You don't want to miss it. And we can uh, step aside here in just a second. Uh, Sunday at Toledo, Mirror Image. The following weekend, Friday the 8th at home against Cincinnati, Saturday at Kalamazoo, Sunday the 10th at home against Toledo. But I want to step back. We're talking about St. Baldrick's, and the one thing we don't get a chance to talk about a lot 
the number of opportunities this hockey team has, this franchise has to give back to the community and partner with so many people and so many organizations that do such great things for our community. You mentioned St. Baldrick's raising money for pediatric cancer research, uh, partnered with Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Central Indiana, the Boys and Girls Clubs, uh, and so many other organizations that have done such great things for uh, people in Central Indiana. And it's really special to be a part of a uh, franchise that doesn't just provide 36 nights of great entertainment for our fans here, but also is a really good part of the community and really works hard to give back to the community and partner with so many organizations who do give back to the community. And that, that definitely, that starts at the, at the very top of the organization. When you're looking at a, um, someone like Jim Hallett, who from the moment he, he came and brought pro hockey back to Indianapolis with the fuel, that was one of the cornerstones of, of this organization is he doesn't just want to, like you said, have a hockey team that just opens its doors on 36 nights of the year and, and collects tickets and puts on a hockey game. He wants to have an organization that is a integral part of the the community and the central Indiana um, kind of way of life. And, and that, that mindset's been instilled pretty much through everyone who's, who's been or played a role in this organization from, from the front office staff to the game day staff, to the players and coaches, everyone who knows that they're representing the fuel knows that that representation is meant to go out into the community and, and to play a, is the truth is that this organization has the opportunity to make this or to make a difference in the community. So um, that that obligation has not been taken lightly, and um, it, it definitely is a, a cool thing on, on games like this with St. Baldrick's and and all the different um, uh, all the different initiatives that um, the team supports over the season, knowing that that the team is doing good off the ice as well as on the ice. And. We're looking forward to partnering with St. Baldrick's on Saturday night, Shaving Prices Night, as well as uh, some other fun things coming up with uh, Jay Peterman coming in for 90s night. John O'Hurley is the actor who will be joining us on Friday the 8th as the few will take on the Cincinnati Cyclones. That'll do it for us on this episode of Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel. We'll be back with you with another trip under the hood in a couple of weeks. But between now and then, make sure you join us at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. We've got a lot of great hockey looking forward to bringing to you. And, of course, we'll have the broadcast here on ECHL.TV and IndyFuelHockey.com as well. But we want to see you here in the building enjoying uh, just nine opportunities left to see this hockey team play in the regular season this year and come uh, join us for that playoff push we'll see you here at the rink saturday night and then the following friday and sunday at the indiana farmers coliseum for brent hollerud i am andrew smith thanks for joining us on this trip under the hood thanks for going under the hood with the indy fuel for more keep visiting indyfuelhockey.com